Capitals fall to the Panthers and plan for the Hurricanes this weekend. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about your caps as they fall to the Florida Panthers and ultimately what it means for this caps team going forward. Then we will talk about a goalie rating and where do the Caps goalies stand up against some of the other goalies in the league. We'll talk about that. And then later in the show, we will talk about the road ahead and what the Capitals have to do to win on a more consistent basis. But just to get it going here, your Caps do in fact fall to the Florida Panthers in a game for me this week that was a must-win game. All of the games this week were must-win games, but... We know that Carolina is in first place in the Metro and that if there was any game that the Caps absolutely should have won, it should have been against the Florida Panthers because they are not as good uh, as the Carolina Hurricanes. So it does put the Capitals in a bit of a difficult position, uh, primarily because of points and kind of running out of runway. And it was my belief, and it still is today, that so we know that the Caps lost to the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Uh, yesterday, if you're listening to this, they lost to the Florida Panthers, and then it's bookended by how they play the Carolina Hurricanes this weekend. So it's my assessment still that if the Capitals lose the game this weekend against the Hurricanes, that ultimately they should be sellers at the trade deadline instead of buyers. And, uh, I mean, it's just, that's the way it's starting to look. I mean, this team is running out of time to do an about-face and kind of try to resurrect this. I could be wrong. I understand that, that there's still some hockey left to play. It is, however, you know, uh, the trade deadline is March 3rd, and that's when all the big decisions are going to be made. Are you pushing all your chips in? Are you all in on this team? Or are you just kind of recognizing that uh, this team doesn't have what it takes in the tank uh, to get it done. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I still will give the Caps the benefit of the doubt as we have the game this weekend. There is still a time for them to pick up a statement win. I still am worried uh, just based on what I've seen out there. I know that the Caps are without Ovi. They're without Wilson. They're uh, without Dowd and uh, John Carlson. So they are still missing some key pieces, but that ultimately doesn't matter. The playoffs still loom. Uh, regardless if you have you know all of your players in the lineup or not, 
the playoffs are still on the horizon. So the Caps are going to have to find a way to win. And it wasn't all doom and gloom. I'm just kind of going over this game and kind of the overarching feeling of what I felt. And it wasn't all great. I think that the Capitals kind of lost their way. I think that the Kachuk obviously is a chirper. He is probably one of the best guys in the league to get under your skin and agitate. And he did that most notably against TJ Oshie. TJ Oshie wanted to fight Kachuk in the worst possible way. I don't think that would have been a good fight for Oshie to get into, but it's one of those things that I talked about and I was talking about with my wife when I watched the game. If Tom Wilson was there, none of that would have happened because all of a sudden he would have just skated up to Kachuk. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that Kachuk would be afraid of fighting Tom Wilson, but I do think that it would have mitigated that situation so it wouldn't have festered as much because ultimately there was no one on the Caps playing tonight that was ultimately going to be able to take Kachuk on and probably win that fight. I think that Hathaway would have fought him. I think that Nicholas Abe-Cubel would have fought him. Uh, But ultimately, I don't think that either one of them would have come away with a decisive victory. Kachuk is a big dude out there, and I think that the only Caps player out there that could have taken him on pound for pound would have been Tom Wilson, and uh, he is out of the lineup. But that's what happens, and this is just kind of the effect that I've seen on this team when he's out of the lineup. Uh, Again, I've mentioned this in the beginning of the season when they played Ottawa and Ottawa kind of had their way with the Caps when Wilson is in the lineup. You do need that tough guy, that enforcer uh, that's going to kind of uh, push all of that away because the Caps did get drawn into stupid penalties. As we know, Oshie got a penalty on that and there were penalties all throughout the game and it was effective. They were The uh, Panthers were on the power play for a good chunk of the game and ultimately that is what helped them out. They were just able to rattle the Capitals and, and it was mission accomplished for them. But taking a look at the scoring and, and the bright spots, Dylan Strom scores his 12th goal of the season uh, to cut the deficit 3-1. to one. Seven of Strom's 12 goals have come in the second period. Washington's 70 goals scored in the second period are tied for the sixth most in the NHL. In a bright spot for the Caps, you got to admit, is Dylan Strom in the lineup, just a solid acquisition. And the good thing is, is that we will have him for five years to come. A really solid thing. That is a bright spot. Um, That's what it's all about. Obviously, the Caps did not get the result that they were looking for, but Dylan Strom playing a big role. Nicholas Backstrom also as well scores his third goal of the season on the power play to cut the deficit 4-2 since making his debut on January 8th versus Columbus. Backstrom has recorded seven points, three goals, four assists in 14 games. And let's not you know, overlook this. This is quite a thing for Nick Backstrom. This is a guy that was not supposed to come back until the end of this season or potentially the beginning of next season. So for him to be coming back, he came back in January. It's now February. To be getting this kind of contribution is mind-blowing, and it just speaks to volumes of Nick Backstrom and his resolve and just his willingness to win and and just to do great things. And I'm very happy that he's back. Uh, this Capitals team always plays better when Nick Backstrom is in the lineup. He's just got a good eye for the puck, a great hockey IQ. And uh, I think he does help fill in a bit in kind of a leadership capacity 
being that he is one of the elder statesmen of the team uh, in Alex Ovechkin's absence. So good on Nick Backstrom, um, you know, overcoming all odds when everyone kind of threw the book at him in the beginning of the season saying, you know that the stats on this and the outlook for this procedure aren't that great. And for him to say, yeah, I understand it. And what did he do? What did Nick Backstrom do? He busted his butt in the weight room to prepare himself for this season and it's paying dividends now as he's helping out this Caps team. What is one of the things that Tom Wilson said is that in the preseason, it was Wilson and Backstrom working out in the gym. And when Wilson was ready to hang it up and say, call it a day, he looked over and saw Nick Backstrom still busting it, still lifting weights, still training, still on the treadmill, still training. That's what it's all about. And that's why we are so lucky to have Nick Backstrom on this team. Also as well, Evgeny Kuznetsov scores his ninth goal of the season to make it 4-3. to three. It marks Kuznetsov's 162nd career goal, uh, tying at Kelly Miller for the 14th most goals in franchise history. Uh, so, uh, so Evgeny Kuznetsov is a bit of a hot and cold player, but he is seeming to play a little bit better as of late. And uh, he does have a good goal scoring touch. Um, you know, if we could get more consistent goal scoring uh, from Kuzi, uh, of course, that would be preferred. But ultimately, tonight, that's what will take it. So that's what I'm talking about. It's not like it was a bloodbath out there. A lot of those goals that were scored uh, by the Panthers were those empty net goals towards the end. So, I mean, I don't want that to distort uh, the outcome of the game. If you look at the score sheet or the box score, it looks a bit misleading, but the Caps pull within one in the final moments but can't complete the comeback as a pair of empty net goals put them away. Third regulation loss in a row for Washington, uh, writes Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. So it is a deflating loss, but it's one of the things that you just have to face it. You can't go around it. You got to go through it. Uh, you know, this team has more issues than Reader's Digest, and they have to find a way to win. There's every team out there has their problems. You know, having injuries is nothing unique, it's nothing novel. The Caps are going to have to overcome. And what's the next thing on the list? It's taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in the stadium game. It is going to be exciting. I love those outdoor games. Um, but let's face it, they are going to, the uh, Hurricanes are going to throw the kitchen sink at the Capitals. They've got to be prepared. Uh, there is some time, as I'm recording this, it is Thursday evening. So there is a chance, I guess, potentially that, you know, like a Wilson or Dowd could come back. I'm not holding out hope, kind of crossing my fingers and hoping that that's the case, but I ultimately don't uh, think they'll be back in time. I would love to be wrong. Make no mistake about it. Another positive thing about this game for me is Dylan Mickelrath, a huge dude out there. And uh, he didn't show up too much on the sheet uh, out there, but he does have that big frame, the captain of the Hershey Bears. He has a lengthy history playing on different teams in the NHL. I like his brand of hockey. He's a big, imposing person out there. And what we're hearing now is that there was no corresponding injury. It was more just that the Florida Panthers play a heavier style of hockey. So that's why they ended up calling him, him up. But a positive addition to this team, and I would like to see more of him going forward. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about Darcy Kemper and where he ranks with other NHL goalies. We'll talk about Darcy next.
Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise on taste, then, man, I've got the thing for you. you got to try a Built Bar. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New, your new Year's resolution. So what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for one thing, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like candy while maintaining amazing macros. And now the great news is that they're available at Walmart and Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this next segment here, we are going to talk about uh, Darcy Camper and where he kind of stacks up uh, with some of the other goaltenders in the NHL. This piece here was in the Bleach Report. Kemper has helped settle things down in D.C. while they sorted through injuries. Now that many of those players have returned to action, it's given them a breath of fresh air. Meanwhile, Kemper just had keeps on keeping on with a .915 safe percentage that falls perfectly in, in line with how he's performed throughout his career. The one thing the Capitals know game to game is that as long as Kemper is in, they've got the best chance to win. Fun fact, Kemper is tied with Ilya Sorokin for most shutouts this season with five. And you know, this ranking came out, of course, before the game. And I know a lot of people are probably going to say, well, that's not accurate. Did you see how he played tonight? Um, you know, and I don't want to give everyone a bunch of excuses or goalies a lot of excuses, but you know, what is some of the things that I noticed in the game tonight? He was under pressure a lot. A couple of those goals were deflections. Um, so it doesn't lie squarely on his shoulders. But I ultimately do believe that the Capitals are in a great position having Darcy Kemper between the pipes, you know, better than they were the last two seasons and having a really good one-two combo tandem. And Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, I just think, puts them in a really excellent position to do things this year and in years to come. We really hope that the Caps can make a push into the playoffs, and it's my belief that they are in a good position, better than they were last year anyway, if they make it to the playoffs, to have Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren between the pipes. Uh, let's face it, we know what we had in Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek. Inconsistency is how I would summarize their play. So to have Darcy Kemper reigning uh, Stanley Cup winner uh, last year, winning it with the Colorado Avalanche, and Charlie Lindgren, who came here from Saint, the St. Louis Blues, you know, kind of an unknown name around the NHL and has just killed it. Most notably in the month of December alone, you could say that the Caps wouldn't be where they are right now if it wasn't for Charlie Lindgren uh, and him stepping in and playing such a, a huge role um, in Darcy Kemper's absence when he was injured. So just a big thing for the Capitals to, to go out and do that. And hats off goes to Brian McClellan for addressing a situation of need that's been there for a couple of years. Because let's face it, most, a lot of, you know, if you talk to a lot of the beat writers around the Capitals in the offseason, this previous offseason, what they thought is that they were going to go all in on Sam Sonoff as at least a backup because he was drafted higher. 
So for Brian McClellan to go out and cut ties with both Vanacek and Samsonov spoke volumes of what he thought of the play that he was seeing on the ice. And he said, enough is enough. And I'm moving on. And ultimately, that's what he did. And I'm happy uh, that they were able to get Darcy Kemper. You know, you take a look at it out there. It was it was one of the things that was difficult. I had, I was hearing more and more rumblings about that he was going to come to Washington. And there, everyone was saying, there's no way that Darcy Kemper is going to come to Washington. Why is he going to want to come to Washington with this aging core? And it's such an old team. Well, he did it. And he came to this team. And uh, despite how the Caps have played as of late, you know, uh, I don't think, uh, again, I don't think that this all lies squarely on his shoulders. He is the goaltender of record, so obviously some of it lies on his shoulders. But to say that the Capitals are playing poorly exclusively just because of the goaltending is short-sighted, there's a lot of different things. Again, my takeaway in the game tonight was the play of the defense folding in front of him. It was the stupid penalty. So I'm not going to absolve Darcy Kemper of all guilt, but to say that everything was his fault would be short-sighted. I do think the Caps have time to you know, pull their bootstraps up and try to, to make a big push, to make a concerted effort with Darcy Kemper or Charlie Lindgren in net to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. It is going to be a tall task. Make no mistake about it. I do think the Caps have what it takes. Let's let's face it. They took down the Bruins. They've taken down some of the biggest teams in the NHL. They just have to put their mind to it. And I ultimately think this team has what it takes in the tank. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the Caps' playoff hopes and where do they stand. I'll talk about that next. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the Caps and and where they stand. The Capitals' aging core is trending in the wrong direction and injuries around them have only complicated that. This team probably is active at the deadline to change its fate considering how many pending free agent defenders it has, which could make things dicey next year. Any returns from injury from John Carlson to Tom Wilson to Connor Brown would help. This was a piece in the athletic and, um, I do well, Connor Brown is not going to come back. I, I am hearing nothing about that. So this is obviously a writer that is not well, uh, not, or very knowledgeable on the capitals. I do not believe that that was Tarek Elbashir that wrote that piece, but obviously the caps would be a lot better with John Carlson and Tom Wilson in the lineup, of course. Uh, but it's just taking a look at it and, and what do they have to do to improve? And it's been my belief that uh, that part of the reason anyway that uh, Dylan McElrath was called up was to see what they have in the tank before they make any moves at the deadline. Why go out and, and mortgage away, you know, a bunch of uh, draft picks? Why give away prospects and all that or some big name players on the current team for a team that might not make it anywhere? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think it was a wise move for Brian McClellan to have Dylan come up to see what they have. Is Dylan better than what's out on the free agent market or the trade market, that kind of thing? That is an interesting question. It is still my belief, and I guess I'm not in the cockpit of Brian McClellan's head to know what he's thinking, 
But um, uh, is he going to be all in on making a push this season? Or is he going to assess this team and say, it's just not their their year this year? And I understand that as, as we take a look at it, there is some time between now and March 3rd. But what was such a proving ground for me about this week was the two huge games against Carolina. We know that if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, you're going to have to go through the best of the best in all of the NHL. And uh, what did they do? They lost their first game against Carolina. They lost the one against the Panthers tonight. They lost that one against the Sharks. But then they found a way to beat the Bruins. To say this team lacks an identity or any sort of continuity in play would be an understatement. It's just, um, who are they at the end of the day? And if we take a look back in the rearview rear mirror once this season is over, what are we going to say? What went wrong and what went right? And as Caps fans right now, what is your assessment? If the season were to end today, where would they be? Do you think that they would be ready for the playoffs? Do you think they would fold quickly in the playoffs? It's, you know, I, uh, in certain aspects, I think that this team is built for greater things. Take a look at the net mining alone. On paper, it seems like Brian McClellan went out and addressed those biggest needs. And it wasn't for a lack of trying. He did pick up Connor Brown to fill the role of Tom Wilson in his absence. Dylan Strom in Nick Backstrom's absence. You know, Gustafson to help solidify the blue line. Um, moves like that that really help this team. So, you know, um, I just don't want to hear any disparaging things, I guess, about uh, Brian McClellan if things go poorly this year. I ultimately think that he did what he could do. And as Caps fans, you know, some of you are thinking, well, why don't they just go all in? And why don't they get uh, uh, Timo Meyer? Or why don't they get Chikorin? Or why didn't they get Tarasenko or Bo Horvat? Um, or, you know, uh, Besser, Brock Besser. Why don't they go out and do this? Because ultimately, is it going to change the fortunes of this year's team? Potentially, but do you honestly think if they had Bo Horvat on this team, it's going to make them a contender or Tarasenko? Do I think it would make them a better team? Yes, but do I think it would make them good enough to make a deep push into the playoffs and dare I say a Stanley Cup? I'm going to let you all think about that. Just, you know, as we watch this team, as you take the whole season and put it in a calculator, hit the equals button, what do you see? Do you see winners, losers? Do you see buyers or sellers? Those are questions for you. Hit me up on Twitter at DanCaps218 or at LockedOnCaps and let me know what you think. I want to hear what you guys think. This is just my opinions on the team. I cover the team for Locked On. What are your thoughts? Do you think the Caps are buyers or sellers and why? And do you think this team right now is built for making a big push into the playoffs? If they added a big piece to this team, you know, uh, say that Tarasenko was still available. He's not, or, or Bo Horvat. Some of these marquee names that you hear swirling around by Elliot Friedman. Um, do you think that they would ultimately change the fortunes of this team enough to make a push? Those are some interesting questions. Again, I want to hear from you uh, and hear what your thoughts are on me. If you're asking me right now, I honestly think even if you brought one of those marquee names in here, which they don't really have the money for, but say they could pull some hocus pocus and they could get them to come to this team. Ultimately, this season, right now, I don't think it would be enough. You know, Alex Ovechkin is going to come back at some point and that is going to make a difference. Um, and some of these games, it could have been a, a game changer. You take a look at the game, uh, last game against the Hurricanes. If Ovi was in there, could they have won the game? 
for sure. But, you know, that's that's the thing that worries me the most is when they play some of these teams on the big stage, they don't find a way to win. I hope Ovi comes back and they go on a tear and I can just say everything right now and crumple it up and throw it in the garbage can. I really do. I don't pin myself on my opinions. My my opinions are based on what I see uh, out on the ice. I, I would love to be wrong in this situation and see that the Capitals go on and do bigger and better things. I just don't ultimately know if this year is their year. All right, once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.